In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 90th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are 4-5 and five and getting set to host the 4-5 and five Dallas Cowboys in a big NFC showdown between teams in the NFC East and NFC South trying to Keep their playoff hopes alive. We're going to do a couple different things here today. We're going to bring in Clarence Hill from the Star-Telegram, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, the longtime Cowboys writer, to help us get prepared for the game, talk about Duke Riley's play. Of course, Deion Jones was activated today. We uh, reported that yesterday. Uh, but it didn't sound very promising, so uh, he probably paid 90 plays. So we'll, we'll just stay on top of that. Uh, Devondre Campbell had some interesting comments after the game where he really spoke the truth. We don't get the truth all the time, so when we get the truth, we're going to celebrate it. And then also the cornerbacks just watched that game again here, did the film review uh, report card, and, uh, man, I'm worried about the cornerbacks there. Uh, Offered, um, he looked hurt. He didn't look well on that ankle. Uh, Normally he would have chased Duke down on that 92-yard run. I kept looking back for him, and then on the – Replay, I just see him jogging at about the 40 or 50, whereas in times past, he would have walked that running back down. And it looks like uh, Trufant's just playing too far off people. They had a lot of cushion in that attack there uh, against the Browns. And we'll look at the series record here and get out. Let's start with Clarence Hill. We asked him about a couple things we discussed Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Logan Vander Ish, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, and uh, Mike Gallup, the receiver from Monroe, Georgia. Here goes Clarence Hill. All right, we got Clarence Hill from the Fort Worth Star Telegram with us here this week on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to have him help us preview Sunday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. How are you doing today, Clarence? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Hey, uh, tell us about Dak Prescott and the season he's having for the Cowboys. You know what? Uh, you know, Dak Prescott's had an up-and-down season uh, so far. There's been questions about whether he's a long-term answer at the position because his numbers are, are certainly on a decline compared to sensational rookie season. But the Cowboys remain firmly in the corner of Prescott. Jerry Jones believes he's the right guy to build with. Uh, he's already said that he plans to sign into a contract extension. It's just a matter of when. But but the Philadelphia Prescott has improved over the last few games and certainly improved with the addition of Amari Cooper. He led the Cowboys uh, to the victory against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. It was his, his 11th game-winning uh, drive in the fourth quarter of his career. That Prescott's arrow is going up right now. And uh, how has Amari? 
has not had the big numbers. Uh, he only has 11 catches, I think, for 123 yards. But he's impacted the offense because they can boost in third down. 11 of his, 10 of his 11 catches have come on third down, and they, they've been for first down. Uh, the Cowboys' first, uh, third down conversion rate is vastly improved from where it was. I think it's 48% right now. It was 31%. Uh, it, it's 48%, I'm sorry, in the two games that he's been on the team. It was 31% in the previous seven games. So he's impacted that. And they believe the connection can only get better. They have yet to uh, connect on the deep ball, but that's coming. But he's opened things up for other guys underneath. And, again, he's helped the Cowboys convert on third down. And on defense, uh, the rookie, Leighton Vander Esch, and uh, Jalen Smith appear to be coming along just well for the, for the Cowboys. And uh, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, of course, is uh, you know getting to it uh, in the pass game for him. Well, yeah, DeMarcus Lawrence has been the best player on the team all season. He, and he's a leading pass rusher and factor, but he's also great against run. He, he gives him the energy of the thoughts and motors. He's going to be tough to deal with again. He's been their best player and most impactful defensive player. The uh, Leighton Randerest pick is interesting because, you know, it goes against the Falcons. There was so much talk before the draft about the Cowboys needing a receiver before they went and got Amari Cooper, needing a receiver. And there was a lot of talk linking them to Calvin Ridley, who the Falcons signed. And, and so early in the season, when the Cowboys were struggling with the pass of the game and Ridley was getting off with all these catches and touchdowns with the Falcons, there were people saying the Cowboys made a mistake taking Randerest over, over, over uh, Ridley. As of now, that's not the case. The Cowboys believe they have their receiver in Cooper, who is the same age as Ridley. They're both 24 former Alabama stars, but they're both 24, and Cooper has two years of experience in the NFL, and he also was a top four pick and not a late 20 pick as Ridley was. But the, the real deal for the Cowboys is Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch has come on and, and been better than expected. That's what Jerry Jones said on the radio this morning, been better than expected. He leads the Cowboys in, in tackles. Time B writer for the Fort Worth Star Telegram covers the Cowboys. Gave us a 
a lot of good insight about the team. I forgot about the Vanderish and Ridley uh, dichotomy there where they wanted uh, Ridley. The fan base is, but now they're all happy with uh, Vanderish, who's off to a great start. He's their leading tackler with 77 tackles. Jalen Smith has overcome that uh, horrible injury and is uh, second in, in tackles with 71. Didn't get to talk about Randy Gregory with him, but, uh, uh, you know, he uh, has had a lot of problems with substance abuse and staying in the league, but, uh, uh, you know, we maybe we'll fill that in later in the week as we move along here. Now, a couple things on the Falcons here. Uh, just uh, watch the tape again. Duke Riley, um, man, I was uh, a lot of people were kind of rooting for him because – he, uh, you know, he's a good talker to the media, and uh, uh, but it doesn't help when you, you know, um, keep uh, making mistakes and errors in the game and so forth. So I know on the Duke Johnson touchdown pass, it looked like he went back into the end zone for some reason and uh, left a big hole in the middle of the zone. Duke caught the ball and scored. Uh, on the 92-yard run, he's at middle linebacker, and uh, you know, he's got a gap, but the center cuts him off, and he goes around the center instead of shedding the center's block and stopping that play for one yard. Uh, you know, he turned it. He he ran around it. Chubb read it and went the other way. Next thing you know, Chubb's off to the races. Uh, Casey comes in and tries to go low. He did that again, so they must have told him to go low instead of going high because he could – you know, get the fines and so forth. But I don't know what's wrong with tackling the running back around his hips anymore. You used to could do it that way and get a form tackle. But these uh, people now want to go low or high and like there's no middle ground. But, yeah, Duke Riley, I think, you know, they're getting Dion back. He's activated. They're not going to rush him out there. But I think the Falcons have seen enough of Duke Riley uh, in action on the field. And uh, it's probably, probably going to be tough for them to uh, keep him around much past this year other than uh, in a special teams role. Uh, not been good for, for Duke here. Now, Devondre Campbell, uh, the fine linebacker who spoke his mind in a post-game interview, told the truth, said the Falcons lacked energy, didn't take the Browns seriously. Uh, and he kept harping on the energy. He was getting a lot of flack on Twitter for, for fans that said he shouldn't have said that. He was telling the truth. That's what happened. We saw it. Uh, they, you know, I'm sure the columnists would have written it. Uh, you know, they were not ready to play. I mean, next thing you know, they're down 21 to uh, 10 there. Turned into 28 to 10 when they didn't want to tackle on a uh, – a very simple dive play on the eight-yard line. So yeah, he told the truth, and he should be uh, should be praised for speaking the truth. It wasn't even tell the truth Monday, and he was being truthful. Whereas we were getting coach speak from Matt Ryan, who said the team didn't take him lightly, or from Julio, we asked were they flat? No, we weren't flat. No way. No, it was clear they were flat. They got down. And it just started steamrolling for him. Now, also, a couple things coming out of the film review today. Uh, Mark Mark Bradley had already been on this in his uh, 
column about the Falcons being half of a team with not much defense. Well, the cornerbacks, um, well, they're giving up a lot back there, and uh, they pay both of them here in recent years. Thought they were set at that position, and may still be, but um, Trufant hasn't been the same since the pectoral injury. We can go ahead and say it now. We were giving them time to come around, and offered. Uh, is getting beat this year, and he had been doing pretty good. Uh, you know, the um, the touchdown to Higgins, he was supposed to win that battle, get over the top, and uh, knock that ball down. He may still be hurt from the ankle and probably shouldn't have been out there, but uh, if they're out there, then they're expecting you to make some plays. Then on the third and nine, uh, Trufant was way off of Jarvis Landry. It's not like Jarvis Landry's going to run by you. It's third and nine, he gave him the 10-yard cushion too easy and, uh, you know, picked up the first down there in the second quarter. Then later on, the um, Antonio Galloway, no no real crime and giving him some space. But, uh, yeah, he got loose for 25 yards on uh, – on true font, which, you know, that's probably better than letting them run by you for a touchdown because Galloway is so super fast. And then on the 92-yard run, it looked like true font should have overpowered Galloway and got to the runner. Uh, but he didn't do that, and he, he took a kind of backwards angle. And then when they're running down the field, he runs away from the ball carrier like he didn't want to be in the picture or something, or he didn't want to be posterized when he should have been trying to chase the uh, the running back down or should have stopped him after KZ blew the tackle. I guess he felt he was off the hook, but he could have made the play. And uh, overpowered Callaway, who's only about 5'8", should have been able to get around him and get to the ball. So that that's disturbing. We'll try to uh, get into the cornerback play here this week. We'll praise Devondre Camel for telling the truth so the fans can get to the bottom of the issue. Now, whose fault is it for him coming out uh, uh, fat, flat and lacking energy? Uh, we're going to lay that one on the players. They're pros. they got to do that. Uh, the coaches can give but so many brotherhood speeches. It's on the individual to show up with some pride and take care of their business, and they didn't do it. Yeah, and Duke Riley, man, everybody was rooting for Duke to be good and give us good quotes all year and tell us great stories. Maybe he's still going to get there, but the evidence is starting to weigh on the other side uh, for Duke Riley. So in closing here with the 90th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the Falcons. The uh, Cowboys lead the series 14-11. This will be the 26th regular season meeting. And then for our old heads, we know that uh, the Cowboys and the Falcons met in the playoffs twice. Back in 78, the Falcons won their first ever playoff game against the Eagles. Then they went up uh, against Dallas there and lost. And then um, the following... And then again in, in eighty, then the eight nineteen eighty season, the Falcons were up twenty four to ten, 
It kind of started there. You know, it was a history of blown playoff losses. They had a big lead in that game. Ended up losing 30-27. to Danny White connected with Drew Pearson with 42 seconds left to put the Cowboys up and in that rally and in that season for the Falcons. So with that, we're going to close here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We certainly appreciate you all stopping by and listening. And uh, we'll see you down at the stadium on Sunday. Uh, Falcons in a big one here. This is a big NFC showdown game with uh, four and five against four and five. The winner gets head to head in the NFC playoff race. Take care and have a great day. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.